You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pokes, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. Thanks for uh, thanks for bringing me on, Pokes. Yeah, the traffic's looking pretty bad out there today. There's, uh, there's backup all around I-80, so I highly recommend uh, taking a helicopter like I'm doing. It's great. I'm soaring above the traffic. It's I'm so whisper home. quiet. It's whisper quiet up in this thing. I've got uh, I've got a burrito I got before we took off. I've eaten like a half of it. It's awesome. I'm gonna land on the rooftop pad and I'm gonna watch uh, some pornography on my on my cell phone. It's gonna be fantastic. I highly recommend that over the traffic that again is on I um, eighty. So, uh, Pokes, uh, do you want to go ahead and do this um, podcast that we do that's not about traffic and is about movies? Yes, because I don't want to know any more about your pornography habits. <laughs> that was a weird inclusion. I was, I don't know how to feel about that one. Well, that's not what we talk about here. Uh, so we'll go. It ahead does explain instead. why you've been kicked off the bus line, though. Uh, I asked you not to bring that up on the air. I oh, I forgot. <laughs> During current litigation, I'm still in litigation with the CTA. We'll work that out separately, off air. <laughs> We're here to talk about our next film. Of course, this is a mini-sode. Which means we're the quickest two, derailed mini-sode. <laughs> two, two beautiful episodes of this wonderful podcast. If you haven't yet tuned into our episode uh, covering... That's right. Time Top Coop. Time two. Time, coo- time Cop? Time Top? Time... Topless Time Cop 2. The boob decision? The Berlin decision. Oh. Oh, no. That doesn't sound good. Don't like that one at all. He's trying um, to say Time Cop Two: <laughs> The Berlin Decision, an episode that we did with our podcast All Star, Mike Hayes. Yeah, our unofficial uh, co-host, third third co-host yeah, at this point. Yeah, absolutely one of our most frequent uh, guests on this podcast. Uh, it's a wonderful episode covering a ridiculous film that no one asked for. Uh, that we ultimately had an opinion on. I'm not going to spoil it because I need you to go listen to it. It, it is a great episode. Whenever Mike's on, they're, they're always great oh, episodes. Yeah. He plays well with us, but it is just a funny episode. And Mike's episodes tend to be, I think, some of the best because we give him some of the worst. Like, whenever Oof. we see a movie that's particularly bad, we're almost just like, well, we got to call Mike, right? Like, force him to watch him. I feel like he regrets that he told us that he likes bad movies and that he does be movie mania because now he's just like i think they think that's the only type of movie i'll watch i mean hardware virus the 1990 version of captain america yeah we really put him through the fucking ringer on this one. Oh yeah he's he's had some shit shows but he did learn that great way to steal a car from captain america so just pretend that's true. Like you're gonna puke but looking forward and onward we are of course letting you know the next movie that we'll be doing for the podcast and Fuck me, I'm excited. <laughs> Let's just say this movie, you would almost think we were going to have Mike Hayes on for it. This is definitely a B-movie. Or yeah, it's questionable way... if you even call it a movie, to be honest. All the way back in uh, March of 2017, uh, or sorry, May of 2017, we did an episode, episode 43, on a film called Swamp Thing, a DC property that was adapted in 1982. It was a mess but it was a really ridiculously entertaining mess probably because it is responsible (laughs) the the man responsible for it is none other than director and writer wes craven Mm -hmm. so 
It's it's. I think it's somewhat of a cult classic nowadays. Like I don't know if people, you could call it a cult classic. I think a lot of like people refer garbage. to it fondly. But what's not a cult classic is the immensely forgotten 1989 sequel, which contained almost none of the re- recurring cast, except for I think a, just the villain, just the villain, and a brand new director. Not uh, not brand new because this man has done his work, which we'll get to in a minute. Oh yeah, Jim. Jim Wynorski, who you may know from the hit 80s uh, horror film Chopping Mall, one of my all-time favorites. Great movie if you've never seen it. I, I recommend it. And when we say great, we mean B-movie well, mania great. It is a terrible movie, but it's pretty awesome. Jimmy Jim decided to do a, um, uh, a follow-up to Swamp Thing, uh, returning to Dr. Arcane, uh, and including Heather Locklear. Interesting choice. Uh, the costume has not been upgraded. I think I, I feel like the costume at lower. Least looks like Swamp Thing, but <laughs> looks like Swamp Thing you've done like you went to like a house and garden and bought a bunch of fake bushes. Like you remember yeah. like when fake trees were like a thing in people's houses. Right, that's what it looks like. It's like he's just covered in like fake ivy. But at least they covered him in the first movie. He's just in like a straight up green onesie. <laughs> Well, I uh, I'm pretty thrilled to get into this because, well, we watched the trailer, um, which is uh, I- impossible. Uh, it feels as if you've had some sort of fever dream and you've just woken from it because it seems they sunk a ton of the production money uh, for the budget for this film to lock down the song "Born on the Bayou" by Creedence Clearwater. Like Revival. I would guess, they paid like fifty thousand dollars to get that song. And my guess is this movie cost $56,000 to make because I just can't picture. I mean, it had to be like most of the budget to get the rights to that song. Yeah, it's it's absurd. And they do not waste it in the trailer. I think it they don't waste it in the movie. It seemed like when I was just flipping through it real quick, it plays at the beginning and the end. Yeah, because this is a unique um, this is a unique moment where we actually get to tell you that the film is available for you to watch right now as we speak for free on youtube uh yeah YouTube's youtube somehow film. secured those rights <laughs> lock those down with that fucking silicon valley they were cash. like they were like we could either buy the rights to godfather or return of swamp thing and like well, i think we know which one was more popular sir people are complaining that our algorithm is generating a lot of traffic towards white nationalist websites so could we maybe uh i don't know get the rights to return of swamp thing so we could just Get that out there. I think that'll really clear this up. There's white nationalists in it, we think, but we're pretty sure they die. I couldn't get through more than 20 minutes of the movie, though. Great song, though. Um, this really was good. Whatever happened to them? <laughs> the character of Swamp Thing is, of course, famously um, depicted through lots of 80s and 90s comics in through the DC line. Um, famously by... Uh, oh, uh, help me out here. Alan Moore. Uh, probably the Alan most Moore, famous yeah. run of Swamp Thing is, mm-hmm. is, is running the like mid to late 80s in which he created the idea originally swamp thing was uh, i forget the character's name now his actual name is it and, and it let it led the director of this film to wonder is it possible to destroy a, a concept well after it's already been out there could i take a comic that already succeeded and posthumously ruin it by making a movie that yeah. defames everything it's it, about. It. One of the big things in in the Swamp Thing runs, like some of the biggest moments are they reveal that he is not actually a man. He's a uh, always existing uh, like tree god who just thinks he's the man. Uh, and they explain it really weirdly. 
Uh, and then one of the other big things they did was they also introduced that he sleeps with a woman as a tree. And it was like a huge deal in the comics when they did it because he is just straight up a plant and they have a sex scene for an entire issue. By he gives her like a uh, a mushroom that he grows, like a psychedelic mushroom that allows them to like connect. And it was really weird at the time. And this movie appears to have a sex scene between her and Swamp Thing. And I am not, I don't think it's going to work like it did in the comics. Well, um, with that, I think I'd like to talk a little bit about our director. I was going to say, if there's a man who could make a Swamp Thing Heather Locklear sex scene, though, this guy may have the chops. Uh, Jim Wynorski is incredible, and he's a man that I seek to be, like, in every way, shape, or form. He is uh, a clay... He is a clay cast of the perfect human uh, because Jim Wynorski, uh, his first two films, starting in 1984, were The Lost Empire, uh, basically your classic uh, buxom warrior babes wear leather bikinis and fight stuff, um, is uh, exactly as you'd expect it to be with as much, uh, uh, as much as it approaches nudity as he could possibly fit. He then went on to go on to do Chopping Mall uh, and then went on to do just an insane variety of at first mostly just like movies that if i told you were steven seagal title films you would believe me yeah things like yeah things like hard bounty and against the law yeah he did like uh a lot of 80s uh what would you call them like uh skin horror flicks like movies that are like kind of scary and are like centered around the idea that like a woman will be topless at some point Mm-hmm. And yes. and he did like a lot of those, but, but then his career. Here's the other thing that gets insane. Ben said he started working in 1984. He produced. He finished directing a movie in 2018. So he is a still working director. He's hustling, and he has got an average of what appears to be about ten films a year. He has a hundred and three <laughs> films directed over 34 years. I want you to really think about how insane that is. A movie takes like six months. A normal movie, like a real film, takes six months to make. Which means these movies, if he over 34 years, he could have only made 68 movies. So these movies are on average taking like a, a two months to make for this guy. And then downtime between them. He is in an insane amount of films. And as they go on, they go from skin horror to just straight up softcore horror. <laughs> Yeah, adapting a variety of pseudonyms. My my man Jim started going by uh, the director named Jay Andrews to do some of his action films. Yeah, those he appear to was... be most of his like bad um, sci-fi movies and like ripoffs of other sci-fi movies. Like he did a movie called Stealth Fighter, which is clearly just a ripoff of the movie Stealth. But although I don't know, maybe this came out first. Maybe Stealth ripped this one off. But then he started doing like way too late black exploitation with bad business with a z mm-hmm. uh, in which he went on by the pseudonym bob e brown that is not a joke i'm making that is what it is credited on the paperwork yes so super <laughs> offensive because he's a really old white guy but then he started to go into oh. he did a bunch of sci-fi movies like komodo vs dragon uh piranaconda super gator vs mega shark stuff you or dino croc versus super gator he started doing those, but then he started doing some just... Yeah. I don't even know how to describe some of these films. Well, Under the, nickname, me... the name Harold Blueberry, or, or H.R. Blueberry. 
if you wanted, yeah, if you wanted to up the class, yeah, he wanted to like, be a little HR classy. Blueberry. Like, yeah, in case Harold Blueberry does Alabama Alabama Jones in the Busty Crusade, but HR yeah. Blueberry does the Witches of Breswick. You see which one seems classier? Yeah, Harold Blueberry does Busty Cops too, but HR Blueberry does the Da Vinci Coed. I mean, get it right, folks. But then he went on to do. Pokes and I spent about, I think, approximately a half hour browsing his insane IMDb uh, phrase until we discovered possibly our two favorites. Yeah, he under under the pseudonym Salvador Ross, he directed two of the best like softcore porn parodies names I think I've ever seen. The first was yeah. The Devil Wears Nada, which is of course a parody of The Devil Wears Prada, <laughs> which is pretty great wordplay in my oh, opinion. My- the horror adaptation, The Hills Have Thighs. Which is my favorite. The, thil- the Hills Have Thighs is a brilliant. <laughs> and what's great about The Hills Have Thighs, most of his movies are just like, it's a softcore porn parody of The Da Vinci Code, or it's a softcore porn parody of House on Haunted Hill, which is called House on Hooter Hill. But this one has an actual plot. It's if anyone thinks it's a real movie, in which the plot is just the movie to The Hills Have Eyes. Except for it's all porn. But Pogues, don't forget, this is a man of multiple talents. This man does not just direct. In Chopping Mall, he's the voice of the Killbots. Wow. Okay. In, in Hollywood, Hollywood Boulevard 2, he's the man who does lunch. In Hard to Die, he's a porno director. So that wasn't <laughs> in, a stretch, really, was it? In Vice Girls, he's a porno director. In Lost Treasure, he's a porno director. Oh, here's something that just kind of made me sad now that I started looking through this. I was interested because I was like, oh, he has 59 writing credits. He wrote things like Screwballs, which is like a 80s uh, titty comedy, if you've never seen it. Yep. Uh, sure is. And Screwballs, too. Yes. Wrote Deathstalker, too, which he also directed. Lost Empire, which he directed. But then as I'm looking through this, I'm like, all right, some of these are movies. He did the sequel to Beastmaster for some reason. But then I realized he wrote tons of these porn parodies. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, my he friend. He wrote, including Bone Eater. Look, you, don't, don't, don't try. Oh, Bone Eater might actually be a real movie. I thought it was a don't parody of Bone suggest, Don't you dare suggest that my man Harold Blueberry, also known as H.R. Blueberry, also known as Thaddeus Wickwire, Bob Robertson, Jay Andrews, and Sam Pepperman, my man Thaddeus my man. Wickmire, and there's also <laughs> Noble Henry was one he did for Final Voyage. Is that the movie where they strain? Oh no, different movie. Uh, post just a, just a quick synopsis Arch for Stanton. You. When That's the awesome. CIA discovers a cute orphan puppy with amazing telepathic abilities, the powers that be in Washington immediately lock him down and plan on forcing the poor dog to become a covert secret weapon. That is the plot, of course, of a dog on Christmas. <laughs> I'm I'm into it. I also desperately want to see the movies that he wrote two songs for, including Little Miss Millions and Munchie Strikes Back. I want to see these movies just because I can't... I can only imagine what this man writes into a song. Well, uh, um... It, 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 I'm sorry, everybody. This is the end of Not Another Origin Story. We're now starting our new podcast, we, Jim Wynorski. yeah. I, I, Jim Wynorski, writer, director, God, is our new podcast. We're going to be going, I, covering the films. I would be honest. If Jim you wanted Wynorski. to be like, once a month, we watch one of his movies and do a separate podcast, I'd be like, I'm in. Because it just... Although maybe they'd be terrible. We've never seen one. He did also do the Vampirilla movie, which is, I think, a softcore porn version of the comic Vampirilla. 
But what was also interesting, uh, we went to look at the writers for this, and one of them is Grant Morrison, who I don't think is the Grant Morrison, like the comic Grant Morris. Uh, uh, it might just, it might be just giving him credit because of like no, this creation. is just some other guy. I think they just have a oh, similar okay. name. But well, Pogues, if you want to do uh, a Jim Winorski sode every now and then, we can absolutely. Oh, do that. I'd be down. I'd like to get a group of us together, maybe, and just sit down and watch it. Maybe just watch a movie and record it. Uh, okay. Well, if, if you want to understand what happens in a film called the return of swamp thing which won heather lockley a razzie award for worst actress and that uh vincent candy of the new york times said is is a film only intended for people who missed the 1982 original swamp thing and don't want to bother renting the cassette (laughs) it did feel like while watching the trailer i was like are these just clips from the first movie because there's just like a lot of generic people in jumpsuits (laughs) shooting guns at swamp thing which is what i remember the plot being to swamp thing uh, I will also say this movie. The other writer is a uh, Neil Cuthbert, who is a is a I guess not another story, not another origin story alum because he wrote Mystery Men. Uh, he also wrote Hocus oh, yeah. Pocus, the Disney movie. Holy shit! The first episode of Saint Elsewhere, which is a good TV show. If you're into that, a- and then and then he wrote The Adventures of Pluto Nash and called his career a day. Yes, <laughs> just I, sort of... I don't know if he died or if he just stopped working because his IMDb page is not filled out because people were like. No one's ever going to ask again. Ah, shit, I forgot about death. Now I feel bad. (laughs) I don't think that's it, because he can't be that old. He hasn't been working long enough, I don't think. But The Adventures of Pluto Nash was 2002, was his last film, and it is a terrible movie, if you've never seen it. But also, though, he wrote Mystery Men, which was like an interesting, weird movie, and Hocus Pocus. Like, these are three films that are not even remotely related. Yeah, I think my wife has us watch Hocus Pocus, like, every Halloween, so... Wow. Uh that's huh hmm it's a good movie with ben um, midler yeah it's fantastic you're, you're just gonna keep sticking by that statement i am sticking right by it and I, and so I she's near accept... you nope. your wife <laughs> nope nope Come i on, think on. she listens what do you mean divorce <laughs> i love um, hocus pocus baby don't don't let it bad mouth it <laughs> Well, uh, uh, to keep this episode mini, I think we should call it there. But uh, as you can see by our already uh, uh, uproarious laughter that uh, we're in for a treat. Uh, Yeah, I I figure if the movie's bad, we'll end up just watching one of uh, Jimmy's uh, other films and just talking about it and see if anybody notices. Uh, Like we said, you can watch this one for free on YouTube. Just Google... Uh, return the return of swap thing and there'll be a link that'll tell you that it's for free on youtube you can click it it'll take you right there to the video join us uh we have a we have a guest that we've got pretty much lined up it's he's a he's a crew favorite let's say that we love him i i, I assume the fans love him no one's ever sent him death threats that i know of but mm-hmm. i'm an looking important ratio yeah. uh, meter for that yeah. yeah that's really all we go on sorry our friend eric he got death threats. That's why he's never been back on. Just that Punisher Thanks. episode, and then we got rid of it. It's true. All right, we'll see you guys next week for Return of the Swamp Thing. Busty Coeds versus Lusty Cheerleaders. Whoever wins, 